expert advice and data-driven insights that unlock your business's potential. APSA Insights, brought to you by APSA Corporate and Investment Banking. Teblom, Germany is at the cutting edge of so much of the tech and so many of the opportunities. Here in South Africa, we're way behind the curve. Twelve years into our energy crisis, we're still deep in a crisis. And many countries north of our borders are in deeper mess than we are. Crisis, yes. Opportunity, enormous. How do you read it? So um, I I really think that uh, if you ignore just the South African paradigm for the moment, because that is uh, fraught with political obstacles, uh, just outside our borders, there's 10 times bigger opportunity than the opportunity in South Africa. And these are countries that I've traversed uh, quite well over the last 30, 40 years. And, and, And really, they are crying out for energy. Uh, energy is the key ingredient for economic development. Uh, people are tired in li- of living in the third and the fourth world, and, and they all now see energy as the gatekeeper to a, a very prosperous future. So, yes, I think that the opportunities are, are around, and I think they've matured now, and I think people are hungry for the solutions. And really, I think uh, uh, certainly in the medium term, uh, this is going to open up a lot of lot of competition, which actually is, is, as you all know, very good for getting prices down to affordable levels. Yeah, the, the huge knock-on effects are, are felt throughout the entire economy. I mean, Baftik, it does come down then to, very significantly, the choices that policymakers make, not only in South Africa, but in other countries too across this continent. Absolutely, Bruce. I think, unfortunately, you need things to go wrong first before they come right. And I think it's exactly that when you have, you know, power shocks to the system, you have blackouts or you have load shedding that actually forces or jolts government into action. Now, you know, what we've seen in South Africa, you know, clearly we've got the integrated resources plan, which is government's energy plan for the next, you know, several years up until 2030. Um, And, you know, there's a very clear shift in there where we are clearly moving away from over-reliance on coal to diversifying our energy mix to include renewable energy, to include gas-fired power generation, etc. Right. So I think certainly, I think the, the future, when you look at ESCOM, I mean, the bulk of ESCOM's generation fleet is actually coal-fired. The average age of the fleet is well in excess of 28 years. Um, and the reality is that all fleet is inefficient, is expensive to run. And I think the, the positive story from that is, you know, a government is actually going to be rolling out through ESCOM through IPPs, a number of IPPs to generate, um, you know, uh, the, the more capacity that we actually need, right? So we, we are, you know, a country with blessed with a lot of natural resources, a lot of uh, mining and metals, uh, and we need to beneficiate more. But in order to entice international companies and uh, mining entities to actually beneficiate those metals in the country, you need cheap, reliable access to power. And that is really the precursor to actually getting industry growing uh, again in South Africa, to creating jobs and fostering industrialization. So, yes, I think in many respects that will come. Uh, but in many respects, South Africa also leads the way uh, as to what happens in the region. Right. So Ted spoken earlier about you know the size of the opportunity set. If you take energy storage, you know, it is still very new globally. But I think... This emergency power program that we're currently running, um, where we are seeing a lot of internationals trying to deploy energy storage, will in many uh, in, in, in many um, senses um, be the leading indicator of what is to come in many parts of the region and indeed southern and the rest of Africa. I wonder if you agree with Ted Blom when it comes to 
and I think this is what Ted was talking about, just talking about the, the whether or not the, 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 the huge state-owned utilities as we know them, ESCOM being the biggest, I think, on the continent, is relevant and fit for the future. Um, I know the South African government has, you know, been talking for years, and Andre de Reiter, the chief executive at ESCOM, is talking about chopping it up into the three component parts, which may extend the, the life term of a of a holding company at the helm of these these three bits and pieces. But I wonder if we're just not so far beyond that already. Okay, so I think uh, that uh, as far as ESCOM is concerned, when I worked there 30 years ago, it was already divisionalized. I could tell you SBU, uh, and that is strategic business unit for unit, uh, um, I could tell you the exact cost structure, the monthly cost, the budgets, the cost of each employee, etc. So for the argument that uh, breaking ESCOM up will lead to greater transparency, uh, it's a fool's paradise. Um, and I think that uh, ESCOM as we know it in any way is irrelevant for the future because uh, uh, two years ago at the uh, conference in Cape Town, I forecast that the future would be for uh, most businesses and households would be m- microgrids. Uh, in fact, I've, I've done a lecture to the regulator on that about five years ago. So they're expecting uh, developments in that area. And certainly if it uh, is done properly, uh, it will be far more cost efficient uh, than Eskom could ever hope to be. So Eskom will be left with two classes of uh, customers. The one would be the very cost sensitive industrial customers who are pulling their hair out and disinvesting because Eskom uh, has ripped uh, their profits out of their, out of their businesses. And, and secondly, the indigents who don't want to pay for electricity because they were made political promises. So uh, yes, Eskom's future income stream is going to be under even more pressure that it has been over the last 10 years, uh, which funded all the corruption and the misdemeanors and inefficiency. Uh, even if they wipe that all out tomorrow, uh, Eskom's uh, future income stream uh, uh, is not what it's going to be in the past and will start declining at a faster and faster rate. Ms. Pavtik, uh, the obsolescence argument, where does that leave us then in terms of the future of energy provision on this continent? And then we need to talk to Max about how he and his colleagues plan to not exploit, because exploit's a nasty word, but take advantage of the position we find ourselves in. But obsolescence argument, Mavtik? Obsolescence, I mean, you know, speaks to two or three things, Bruce. I mean, I think the one thing is, in the case of South Africa, I wouldn't say, we've got old plant. I wouldn't say it's, it is, in a sense, kind of obsolete, uh, because they, they're old, they're inefficient, they're expensive to run, right? ESCOM's coal-fired uh, power generation fleet. I think the number, if I recall, is actually closer to 35 or 39 years is the average age of the fleet, right? Uh, and, and that clearly is inefficient, outdated, and expensive to run. But basically also, the way the grid has actually been designed, I mean, if you go back a generation or so ago, the, the world over, you know, transmission grids were actually designed for centralized um, transmission uh, and generation of power, right? So essentially in South Africa, you have the coal fields in Limpopo and in Pumalanga. Uh, and, you know, from there, um, you know, uh, our generation actually occurs and is wheeled up to 2,000 kilometers all the way down to Cape Town, right at the bottom of Africa. Now, that is not ideal. The world's moved. I mean, uh, Max spoke a little while ago about sort of, uh, you know, decentralized distribution. And clearly in, in South Africa, you know, we still have a relatively high electrification rate. But if you look at what's, uh, you know, the situation outside of South Africa, where, you know, generally in Africa, you have more than 600 million people that don't have access to reliable, affordable electricity. 
the only way you're going to get that electrification rate up is by having generation at specific load centers. Um, and that speaks directly to, um, you know, reformatting of the way the grid is designed, right? So you will have a generation plant, whether it is solar or renewable energy, etc., at a load center where power is required. It eliminates this need for long transmission distances and hence the, the transmission losses that actually come with, you know, um, um, long distances. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's going to result in the whole evolving of the, the way the energy landscape uh, will be looking going forward and certainly requires, um, you know, redesigning of the grid completely from the old days in which ESCOM was actually, you know, built and designed for with centralized distribution. Expert advice and data-driven insights that unlock your business's potential. APSA Insights, brought to you by APSA Corporate and Investment Banking. For more, visit apsainsights.co.za.